When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Jeez. The world I live in is pretty damn stupid sometimes. I mean, my goodness. So, let me get this straight. Who would have thought that pancake mix would actually be disrupted to people's lives? No kidding. Uh, Pardon me, this is a very important call. Apparently, whenever I do this series, I always have something talking to me on the outside. Oh, I'm going to handle it in a few minutes. Damn stupid thing. Oh, by the way, welcome to the J-Man Show here on K360 Radio. Hey, you ever have that moment where you can't find your phone? <laughs> That's what I got going on right now. Eh, it'll knock itself out in a little bit. No sh- Oh, and pardon my French. <laughs> Hold on a second. I would say that, but, um, nah. For some reason, this goes off. I mean, I had to make sure that it was wide awake for it all. And apparently it doesn't work any other time I need it, but it'll work right now. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, welcome back to the J-Man Show, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 158. I'm your host, J-Man, of course. And that was my alarm clock, and I had to make sure that I was awake for all of this. So, (laughs) let's get into it. Man, I'm telling you this, right? So, I'm at the day job, I'm doing what I need to do, and, you know, just trying to make that money so I can keep this stuff afloat for a little bit longer, because not everybody has the money yet, you know what I'm saying? We're all in a state of rebuild and recovery, and then there comes a time where, you know, you want to just go through it, you know what I mean? You don't even want to start trouble today. Like, yeah, I actually was out of character for a little bit, I just wanted to just get through the mundane task and come on home and just do the show with you all. But you see, today, however, today I got to see more and more of we the people acting simple, being uptight, all mad about this, angry about that, scared of COVID-19 coming, and then at the same time blaming all their problems on protesters. You do know why they're out there, right? You do know why exactly. Let us not forget, as we fight for the good fight, And as we try to bring about equality, let us remember why we do this. You see, that's that's why sometimes I don't just lump in with people. I try to always look and see what the end game is. Kind of like how the X-Men are during a large Marvel event. I'm in that third party section because I got to see what's going on. Because everybody has a basis for why they do things, a stance for why they do things. 
And then there comes the problem where either one person's ego flares up or the other person's ego flares up. And then it just becomes a cluster fudge of semantics. You see what I'm saying? And when you get to that point where it's like too much going on, you'll sit there for a moment. You'll think about this. And it's like, hmm. Hmm. Okay. What side over here makes a point about Blue Lives Matter? What side over there makes a point about Black Lives Matter? What side are these people on? But then at the same time, those are the people that have remained silent because they don't either, A, know how to react to this stuff or know how to speak about it. They're already part of the problem because people are saying they chose to be silent and pick the role of the oppressor. Now, you see, in some cases that might be true, but in other cases it may not be because you don't really know why people stay out of things. Sometimes staying out of things can be the basis of safety for them. I know quite a lot of people do stay out of things, especially when it happens in their neighborhood. Now, you see, I don't want to reopen old wounds and stuff, but as unfortunately, this wound is as old as it can get because Lord knows, even to this day, I never thought I'd still be talking about it. But I guess I'm going to have to, especially when I'm trying to build this new life and everything. But you see, now you know the message is starting to get malformed, right? You've noticed that there are a lot of people that are coming out speaking about it, but they're also speaking about, like, you know, how does it serve now? Where do we go in the next five years? And then they're always talking about, like, will we ever achieve complete equality? Will we ever achieve police accountability? Will defunding the police actually help? I mean, you know, but give it up to one institution that stepped up. Take to, take a bow for a minute. Take time to give it up to one institution that said, you know what? This is the perfect time to step up. We're going to do right. We're going to do right by the brothers. And that is we of the Hollywood culture are going to go ahead and get rid of certain trademarks and certain images that are considered politically incorrect. We're going to go ahead and we're going to wipe them out. Starting with Aunt Jemima, you get out of here, lady, even though we rebranded you and changed you in so many ways, and those were some damn good pancakes and the breakfast and all. But hey, that's all right, though. The people still have Hungry Jack. Actually, you should go, you know what? You all should get a little bit of this. Black-owned pancakes by J-Man himself. That's right. J360 All-Star Breakfast right here, y'all. Mm-hmm. Good for you. And it got that nice little tinge with the cinnamon and all to make it feel really good and make your breakfast well-rounded. Look for Jay on the box. Yeah, see, as long as Aunt Jemima's out of the market, I can go ahead and market myself. And you see, before y'all really get on me about that kind of stuff, I'm just saying this. I made the stuff, man. And I have never been born a slave, but I am growing into a legend. You see, here's the thing. That's just branding. And you see, like, yes, there are negative connotations to Aunt Jemima, though. Don't think I don't know, but I've seen it. And, you know, it's not like for lack of better terms that they didn't try to, you know, rework it a little bit. It, it, it's, it's wild as hell, but, man, you can't even get that anymore. Uh, of course, I think Uncle Ben's gone, too, isn't he? Yeah, the, the, the old black man that has been on so many packages of minute rice, he's officially gone. And then I know if those two are gone, that the brother on the cream of wheat box, he definitely gone. He gots to be gone. You know what I mean? But here's the thing, right? Where When I look at it sometimes, I mean, I grew up seeing those images. You know what I'm saying? I grew up. Like, I really didn't, when I was younger, I really didn't know the connotations for Aunt Jemima. 
And this is when she was really, really racist looking. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. The whole shebang where she kind of looks like um, the top form of the lady from Tom and Jerry. You know, Thomas! Bap! Like, man, she would beat Tom like he stole something, dude. And sometimes he did. But, you know, here's, here's the problem with this, though. What I'm trying to say is the censorship. I mean, there are times where you realize that they have taken African-American images and they've made horrible caricatures out of them. They, you know, they've ridiculed, manipulated, all that. I'm not going to empower that stuff. I think that stuff needs to go. But at the same time, we need to be aware of it because it's also a way to keep us educated about how far people and things will go. You know what I'm saying? Like, they finally, in Delaware, they finally took down the, um... The whipping post over there in front of the uh, courthouses in Georgetown. My old hometown, by the way. They finally taken it down. And it only took them, what, this long to do it? I mean, when you do something like that, at the same time, like I said, I don't know why that would still be standing there. But I also see, like, certain monuments and statues of, you know, leaders from the South and the Confederacy that are being taken down. Do I have a problem with it? Well, come on. If you think about it, pigeons go over there and crap on it all the time. But to be perfectly honest with you, I just look at it from time to time and I'm like, goodness. Because you know they are trying to change a, a school district's name around here, too. It's gotten that crazy. They're trying to change the Caesar Rodney School District into whatever else they'll probably name it. Even though it probably won't even be a local hero from here. I mean, look. Just to name two, you could probably change it into uh, Joseph Allen's high school. You could change it probably to Benjamin Banneger High School. At least these were two local people here. Or you could probably turn it into Harriet Tubman um, High School or Frederick Douglass High School. There's so many ways to go about it. But at the same time, you know, the reason why Cesar Rodney is a prominent person in my state is because he did the, he went through the trials and he did pretty much the Paul Revere ride. To go ratify the Constitution. That's what he did. That's what he's known for. He was sickly when he did it. And he rode into the night. But you see the reason why people are not exactly fans of him right now. Is because he owns slaves. You know. And you'll sit there for a moment. See I always tell people this. Delaware got a nasty history man. Delaware is one of the top slave states. Next to Maryland and all the Virginia. All the way down to like North Carolina. See what I'm saying? And the problem is, is that, you know, yeah, it's just now being brought to awareness by people who have been astute enough to take the time to go ahead and research it and bring it up to the forefront. You know, like the court, remember I told you about the courthouses earlier in this episode. That used to be the lynching. Yeah, that used to be the lynching arena, a public place for lynching all over the place there. And to this day, you just ride your car around in a circle all over the place there. It's a lot to take in, but yeah, you can see it from all over the place. And it's just like, you know. And then, like, I saw some parts of the Mason-Dixon line when I was just riding around the state for fun. And I was like, well, damn. I'm right here at the center point of all of the racial strife and the Underground Railroad, which some of the houses are over here, too. And then, of course, there's a very notorious woman whose skull is on display in the Dover Public Library who was notorious for necessarily tracking down runaway slaves and either killing them or reselling them. And one way or another, her and her family were ridiculous. I think her name was Ma Baker. But, yeah, her skull is on display in the Dover Public Library. 
creepy as hell, but it's true. And, and you see, like, from time to time, like, this kind of stuff here, it's the history. As long as the history of it comes out, and as long as we keep the newer generation aware and not try to, you know, blur it all out, you know what I'm saying? Like, as long as we don't try to cover it up, you know, then maybe we'll be all right. See what I'm saying? You got to know your history. Otherwise, you're doomed to repeat it. And there is such a thing as genteel racism, too. And you, you'll see it. Matter of fact, you're seeing quite a lot of it nowadays. But here's the thing. Like, they they can go and do stupid things. They can go ahead and speak out of term, which a lot of uh, major celebrities have done. And then some will go ahead and try to speak as a way to, you know, this, this is the way for me to redeem myself and get in. And then, of course, you know, they'll go all about these tangents. But here's the number one thing about it. Don't ever call them racist. They cannot handle that word. They can never be handled call, <laughs> being called racist. Oh, they fall apart, it seems, if you call them that. But they'll go and they'll do any sort of stupid machination kind of deal to anyone or anybody, which is very questionable, and it isn't helping the cause. And there's some black people that do this, too. Let us not forget, there's some interracial racism, and, and I see it all over the place, man. And it sucks. Trust me. Whereas on one side, you know how this one argument keeps going, right? Sometimes the news media just will not rest and keep pushing this all over the place. So there's that structural internal racism there. But then you see, like, you got to work twice as hard if you're a minority to get where you need to be. And you got to be aware of all this stuff so you can, you know, stand and fight for it. You know what I mean? Fight for your way in the world. Fight for your equality. Fight for, you know, a minority-owned business. And you know what? Here, make it multicultural at best, which is what I do. You know what I'm saying? I try not to devalue anybody, especially on their skin tone. But then again, you know, it's I'm not a cop, so it's one of them kind of things. You always look at them and you always wonder, what is their problem? What sort of probable cause they have to try to ruin your life at this point? You know what I mean? See, probable cause can get you killed. And this is the leading cause of a lot of things. And then, of course, you know you got Karen, Chad, and Steven out there who will happily love to go and call the police if they could as a way of saying, I'm just trying to maintain order. I was fearing for my family. And, yeah, I'm sure a lot of you have heard that. Yeah, so have I. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, I'm not a fan of this kind of crap that you pull. You're lying. To yourself and others. And it ain't right. But you know. Here's the thing. And, and I always look at this. When we do this. And we shine a light on a problem. We don't necessarily solve it. Sometimes. You know. We, we draw attention to it. But then there's that. Occasion where we make it worse. And when we make it worse. You'll know because there's going to be those people who go along with it and they try to push their own agenda. And you've seen this from time to time. And they're called cancel culture. They'll, they'll run out here. They will try to track down any sort of form that seems to be politically incorrect, which it may not be. It might be just a short gag of sorts. It might just be something that really doesn't destroy or, you know ruins the credibility of the piece that is being presented or it might be something that has to be accurate to things 
Like, you know, you look at Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind's on a blacklist now. I mean, I always look at this. What are they going to do next? Are they going to go ahead and banish um, To Kill a Mockingbird or go set a Watchmen? Or are they going to go ahead and do something about, like, uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellingson? Like, the whole Harlem Renaissance, are they going to do something about that next? You know what I'm saying? Are they really going to try to do all that? Because, I mean, like, quite a lot of this stuff is politically incorrect, but it's historically based. You know what I mean? I don't need Whoopi Goldberg, Michael B. Jordan, or anybody to come up and tell me that such and such happened because of racial connotations. It's the same thing with Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah, you're going to go ahead and uh, get rid of Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam's guns because you're afraid that people are going to look at them and say, you know, I want to do some gunplay today. I think I'm going to go ahead and cap one of my friends right now. It's not going to be that bad. And, you know, here's the problem with cancel culture. Even if you hit them with facts, they're going to go ahead and tell you about what could happen. What suspiciously could be a thing. And then, of course, you know, they're going to go ahead and go to the extreme. And sometimes when people go to the extreme, they ain't no coming back. You just look at them right now, you're just like, they gone. Just, just gone. Not coming back. And they'll do whatever they can to cancel you, too. I mean, you don't even have to be an A-list celebrity of it. Now, you've seen some of the people out here, like, you know, for certain remarks, they lost their job. Certain remarks, uh, things get canceled, of course. And it's just like, just rips the whole thing apart. Now, I'm not going to speak on behalf of Roseanne Barr. She knew what the hell she was talking about, right? At the end of the day, she could have really stopped herself from doing these things. But, meh. Or, you know, like, well, actually, Lewis KC, there's a lot of the sexual sexual assault and abuses coming out nowadays. You know, and I'm still wondering this. Was Dr. Disrespect involved in that? Because I know there were some Super Smash Brothers gamers that were involved in that stuff, too. Smash Brothers, huh? Huh. And you see, the thing is about when it comes to the Me Too culture of things, I always wonder this. I want to know what really happened. Because, you know, like, how many people actually go out of their way to really hurt others? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I always wonder this. It's just like, no means no, of course. If you're not going to get any that night, I mean, shoot, there are other ways to handle that business. You know what I mean? Go rub one out. Like, you know, just, just, actually, let's be a little nice, but this isn't really a kid's show anyway. But, you know, there's ways to handle these problems. You know, it's just like, if you're not going to get it from that significant person there, you know, there's always a better place you can go. And before it gets turned into me inciting, like, you know, paying for a lady of the night or whatever, no. Though at the same time, if you do what you do, that's that's all on you. But what I'm saying is, is that you can't just go all out at people without all the facts and stuff. And then, of course, you know, as things come down off the... 24-hour news cycle, anything is being thrown around and tossed to people. And then they think that's 100% fact. You got to go and dig deep in the trench. You got to really break the muck a little bit, see where things are and how all this stuff aligns before you do anything. That's why it was hard to even do this episodes. You're still going to get it. It's just, it, it was hard to do because, well... You know, it's just so many things to talk about because everything's coming out of the wazoo, man. It's like you're getting a condensed form here. I mean, first it was COVID-19, then it was Black Lives Matter. Then it's now it's um, Me Too with a little bit of the 
sexual abuse, and then it's also cancel culture and go ahead and wipe out like certain parts of history where at the same time censor what is going through entertainment. You know, like you've noticed that there are some comic books that are declining in quality because of it. That, that you know, sometimes the stories are just hard to talk about, but then you look and see like certain stories get canceled because it just doesn't benefit the mindset of society around us. And you know that the mindset of society fluctuates and changes from let's say like to five seconds all the way to like five hours and then some, and then there might be the chance where they won't remember this crap at all. And then there's the concept where certain people, whether they, where they be feminists or whether they be men's right activists or whatever label you carry yourself with, that will go and push an agenda so far that even if they won, they're still not satisfied. You know what I mean? You censor movies. You use the rating system against the movies that are being made, and you complain about that. And you win. But you're not done yet, because you will never be satisfied. So then you move on to TV. You go ahead and you do the same thing to TV. All right, then next thing you know is you might move on to podcasting. Then you might mess with that a little bit. Then you move on into something else entirely, like live streaming. Chances are, like, there's so many reasons and there's so many gateways, and these people get all this attention, either because they have the money or, you know, in some cases, and dare I say it, some of them got a nice rack. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, that happens. but, 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 But keep in mind this, right? That's not why they're there, but needless to say, it's right there in the view because it pulls anybody who's anybody in. And note I said anybody. It might be a sexist statement, but it's true. I mean, it's right there in front of you, <laughs> literally. And it's just, you know, like, can, can I knock it? Can I make fun of it? Hell yeah. Will people come at me about it and try to cancel me? Possibly so. I mean, I can see it now that I'm on the height of where I need to be regarding J360 Productions, regarding, you know, being with my love interest, doing every and all things right. But then there could be that one person that just didn't like what I was doing. Go and dig up some tweets probably 10 years ago at old news and just try to derail that stuff simply because they can. There are people out there that will go that far and do as much damage as they want to because they feel though there is no no remorse and as a way of taking a whole non-issue and holding it against somebody which I think is pretty messed up and at the same time I would like to say that whoever if you've done nothing wrong and if you've been doing things honestly you have every right to defend yourself you have every right to speak against it and all the problem is it leaves a lasting stain in certain people's minds and then all of a sudden they start doing those things on Twitter where it's like Blah, blah, blah is over party and all this other stuff. Even though at the same time, if depending on your star power or what, however you handle it, it could either cancel or it could actually build up your, you know, your status. And chances are if it builds up your status, I mean, you know, ride that storm a little bit. But if it does nothing more than try to saddle you down, you do what you got to do to get rid of that saddle. Now, I'm not going to say just all out apologize. I mean, I, you know, that doesn't work. Honestly, like, when you really think about it, apologizing does nothing more than just put you in the spotlight again for people to make memes about. You know what I'm saying? I can see it now. 
like when Kevin Hart did his thing and he had to go on a huge apology tour all the time. Every time before he did a live set, always an apology. You know? Here's how you handle it. Sorry, not sorry. You came here, you paid the money to see this. Hey, if this was a premium podcast, you paid the paywall to come and listen to me let you know how things go sometimes and you may not like it, that was the risk you were willing to take. And you got to know these things. Like I said, I'm not going to just throw this stuff at you just to throw it at you. I'm just letting you know how things go. And the culture and the society around us, we could be doing a lot better. I mean, I will always want racial equality. I will always want police to be accountable. I'm not I'm not upset that cops got canceled, even though I used to watch that crap every Saturday. And I'm going to tell you this, just to know what I would be dealing with as I travel the world, and also to see that they got away with so much crap on that presentation. And I think even Live PD got canceled. But you know, at one time, sometimes, I think this. Maybe you should just keep it on. Maybe just keep it on so everybody can see how insane the idea of being in public is. Just to see, like, you know, these are the people that are not here to protect and serve. Which, by the way, I remember my sister saying it all the time. And glad I told her this. I said, hell no. Protect and serve? What's that? That's PR. That's exactly what that is. These people are here to maintain order. If anything, it's like this. If they see something disorderly, their job is to come and stomp it out as painfully as possible to take you outside as disorderly as you are and give you a healthy Kirby to help you with the rest of your day because you are going to be broken one way into the system. And it sucks, but, you know, it's, it's there. And you see, the problem is, is that some people will sit there and say, well, we're going to do something with the community and all. Well, I wonder how that's going to go. Because I know some areas completely gotten rid of their police departments. Now, if crime goes up, because there are real criminals out there that we're marching because they know if we can go ahead and turn it on them for a little bit, we can get away with certain things. Don't act like it doesn't exist. Because it is. It is a very prominent problem in our life. And, and you know, it's just... I, I just can't see. Because one way or another, much like how politicians exist, sometimes you try to think, is it a necessary evil? Or is it necessarily... You know, where do we go from here? And I say that all the time. And I know a lot of people are burnt out talking about this kind of stuff. And I get it. I talk about it, though, all the time. From family to friends, even some rivals, because it's just, it's it's tough, man. You know? And then looking at cancel culture, like your whole, everything you worked hard for, because you might have had a misstep or a misspoke, or you made an accident or a mistake, can all go down in a steady decline because of how you spoke about it. But you see... At one time, when people talk about, like, when people talk about your truth, you know what I mean? When people talk about your truth, isn't that your truth? Isn't that your stance? Like, once again, like, are we that quick to go ahead and prejudge somebody so that we have to slap them down? Or are we able to talk about our truth? And, you know, communicate, like, because, like I said, once again, freedom of speech is for everybody. 
whether you dislike it or not. You just got to learn how to just be like, all right, I disagree. It used to be like that at one time. It used to be you could actually have a conversation with somebody without so much strife. And then you wonder where we go from here. Now, <laughs> that's the question of 2020 on up. And then other people on the other side of this apartment. It's just, uh, boy, I tell you, I'm going to blast everything tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's just one of them kind of things. I, I, I just think about it a lot. But you see, the best way to fight cancel culture is not to worry about cancel culture. Jesus Christ, man. Why is everything making a sound now? Too much going on. That stupid thing. Always something, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, hey. I had to make sure I wake up for you guys tonight. But you see, like I say, going back into it. Best way to fight cancel culture. Stay in your ground. Know exactly what you're talking about. And speak about it. And then as, of course, don't apologize unless you have done something wrong. Because one way or another, I noticed this. People love to use loaded conversations to trap people up. And love to get them to apologize for things. And keep that stuff going. Keep the apology going. And it's so sad. It's it's ridiculous at this point. Those are some loud-ass steps, aren't they? Well, other than that, though, this was part of a two-in-one special tonight. So um, there's going to be another J360 show coming later today. It's going to be the power play, of course. I want to try to wrap up Bioshock. Uh, hopefully we can do that. But I do know that there is um, another game on deck, and it's going to be Bioshock 2. We're just going to go right into the sequel. And speaking of which, today's Thursday, of course. So, we'll have to see what we're going to pick for Friday. Yep, it's a random selection. What's going to happen is, we got a, we got a wheel here. So, we're going to do this Wheel of Fortune style. And we'll take each and every single J360 show that's in production right now. And we'll put it on that wheel. And then what we're going to do is, we're going to spin the hell out of it. And we're going to see exactly which show it lands on. And whatever that show that is picked is, that'll be performed for Friday night. All right? Well, anyway, that's all I have for you guys right now. Um, I'm sure hoping I didn't ramble too much, but then at the same time, you needed it. I needed it. So, you know, we'll go from here and we'll see what happens for episode 159. Hopefully, I'll get back into just talking about some entertainment value. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Things have been kind of weird lately. Anyway, this is the J-Man signing off. I will catch you all later. Peace. <laughs>